Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is proudly brought to you by our wonderful sponsors at Griffin Air Conditioning. Visit them at griffinair.com.au. The great ones, they're different. They really are. Not better, just different. Sure, there's a physical power, a mental strength, a complex but resolute constitution too. There's a whole lot more than just the measurables. That's something else, that intangible. It separates us from them. Welcome to the Legend Series on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. It's not always how you look without a jersey on, it's what's underneath that jersey that really matters. The little ones may well have the biggest hearts. This one, he's a premiership winner, and a blue, and his story is only half written. But who is Adam Reynolds? Um, yeah, sort of a, a sort of a hard question to sort of answer, Andy. Um, there's a lot of things you want to see yourself as, but um, you know, for me and how I, I value myself, um, honest, hardworking, um, you know, resilient, um, someone you can count on. Um, some of life have a good time, and um, yeah, most importantly, there for when when you need it. Um, you know, I've got a, got a lot of close mates who open up to me, and they they feel like they can because I've been honest and trustworthy. And yeah. um, I just like to be someone that um, you know young kids look up to and, and aspire to be one day. It's twenty twenty. We're all busy. Some people find it difficult to find that work life balance. You're a professional footballer. You've got four young kids. Have you found that balance? Uh, yeah, I've probably I'm close to mastering it. To be honest, um, oh, good man. If, if anything, mate, I, I find um, you know footy to be a hobby and, and a, not so much a job. So something that I do uh, because I love and I, I get out outdoors. I love being active. Um, I love a challenge. I love standing up to. Um, you know, haters and doubters. And, yeah. Um, anything, mate. I'm I'm a father first. I'm a, I'm a husband. Um, and second, mate, I, I've got a job that I love doing. So it's it's pretty easy for me to, um, you know, leave home and, and go to footy and enjoy something that I do. I love the challenge of it, day in day out, and the physical side and the mental side of things. And obviously, love being at home with obviously my four children and wife. Um, there's a lot of memorable moments in my life yeah. through my through my kids and. Um, yeah, I'm living my younger years again through that. Great position to be in mentally, mate, because as you and I both know, a lot of young footballers can become obsessed with football and the football culture, and and you do need to move away from it at times to, you know, retain a bit of clarity and, and, uh, and perspective on the world. Yeah, that's right. Um, at the end of the day, it's, it's just a game. Um, and that's what we've got to realise. There's a lot that goes into it, obviously, uh, from a business side of things. But yeah. uh, as players, we've got to realise that it's just a game. And, um, you know, there's a lot of internet trolls that get out there and, and try and break you down mentally. And, yeah. um, you know, we've got to revert back to the mentality that it's just a game. And, um, you know, we're doing it because we love it. Um, obviously, some players, uh, players have different reasons. But 
um, if you look at it um, as a pressure, pressure situation, you can let it get to you. And um, that's when obviously things get a bit tough. But um, it's important to have that balance outside of football and, and a focus away from football. Um, it's easy enough to get your mind away from it and, and take you to a different place because it does get stressful at times and it does get hard. But yeah. um, if you can revert back to um, you know just your outside world and um, having that thought in, your pro- and in the back of your mind that it is just a game at the end. Um, I find you, you get yourself away from all those negative comments and um, then people with those thoughts. Hey, what are your first memories of the game? Anything in particular? Was it you playing? Was it you supporting the Rabbitohs? Uh, playing with me, my older brother. Um, just me and my older brother, Wayne. Um, he was basically the star as a kid and, uh, I just wanted to be like him. So whatever he yeah. was doing, I was, I was following in his footsteps. And um, yeah, my earliest memories are probably tackling him in the hallway at home in, in Redfern <laughs> there and trying to bash him here and there and yeah. then get the shits when he got over the top of me. So, um, it, look, it, it doesn't I, ever probably, work out well for the younger brother. I'm sorry, mate. It's it's normally the older brother that wins those <laughs> ones. Mate, he won 99% of them. Yeah. I think the, the 1% I beat him was when he sort of felt sorry for me or... Um, oh, they nice. didn't want to cop any, cop any high tackles or anything. So You were born in 1990. The first nine years of your life, South Sydney didn't play the finals. Then they were expelled from the competition for two years in 2000, 2001. Does your memory go back that far? Yeah, I, I can remember going to games with um, my brother and my dad. Um, yep. You know, when they played the Tomahawks at Redstone Oval, the old Redstone Oval. Yep. Um, they played Lebanon. I can remember those games. Um, you know, I remember them getting kicked out of the comp, and the fight. The fight was amazing. The fight was unreal. Um, knowing a, a bit more about it now, um, obviously I've got a, a bit more gratitude towards the people who um, stood up for for South Sydney. And yep. um, you know what a job they done. If, if they didn't do that job today, I might not have a job. So, um, look, I've I've got a lot of great memories. Uh, obviously, the first charity shield they come back, or I can remember that game pretty clearly, and uh, the enjoyment it brought to not only my family but um, you know many many supporters around the world. What a celebration that was! I mean, that was more than just a game. That charity shield that was a a celebration of South fans, but rugby league fans everywhere that wanted to see South back. Yeah, that's right. And you only have to look at the march. Um, there's so many photos there of yeah. people in. You know, Parramatta jerseys, Tigers jerseys. Um, you know, it could have been the biggest rivals in the Roosters, and they had fans there. So um, it just showed the passion and support, um, the impact it had, um, not only across the South community, but the NRL, uh, ARL community in general. Want to know what's coming up on the Legends series? Stalk us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Andy Raymond. As a young man, you had a dream, and that was to play for South Sydney. You grew up across the road from Redfern Oval. You were wonderful to watch as a young fella coming through the grades. And in those early years, there's normally a team that's made up of the big kid, the fast kid, the talented kid, and the crazy, ag- aggressive kid. Which one were you as a as a teenager? I was the scrawny little um, – yeah, I, I probably didn't have as much talent as most of the other boys. Um, I wasn't big, certainly. I was probably 50, 60 kilos ringing wet at wow. 16 years old. Um, yeah, I can remember being pretty good on my feet and probably avoiding a lot of the big boys. So, yep. um, obviously that and um, 
what everyone talks about now is the kicking game. I yep. pretty much had that from a young kid. I grew up with a hand in ball through the streets of Redfern and Waterloo and um, you know, played numerous of games. Um, whether it be aiming at light poles in the street, hitting stop signs, um, <laughs> you know, just being a rug lad around the streets. Yeah. So I think that plays part into obviously evolving the skills and um, you know, mastering them on the field. Just as everything started looking positive and you were getting close to living that dream of first grade, you tore your knee to bits. What do you recall from 2011? Uh, yeah, it was pretty. It was a pretty hard year, to be honest. Um, well, I got into the first grade squad and um, was competing day in, day out with Chrissy Sandow, um, who I've got a lot of respect for. He, he's certainly a, a bloke I looked up to early yeah. on in my career. I just enjoyed the challenge of it day in, day out at training, um, trying to get over the blokes who were regular first graders and... Um, you know, I always try to get that second team to outperform the first team yep. uh, on the training paddock, and things are looking pretty good. And um, you know, started getting some combinations with a few fellows there who were on the fringe of first grade, and formed some great mateships through that time. And um, yeah, coming up to our first trial, I simply just tried to put in a grubber in goals. Uh, it was one of those days where the second the second team was on fire, and we um, tried to put a little grubber through on one of the early tackles, and just simply landed on it wrong or um, yeah, can't really put in the words how it happened but um, sort of just went over on it and knew it was pretty serious straight away never felt anything like that in my life and um, the swelling was, was there straight away and uh. um, yeah obviously when I got the news from the doctor I was, I was pretty shattered and went through a bit, a bit of a tough time I basically got through my rehab by going up the train every day and put on a, a brave face and then obviously in the pub in the afternoon having a few scooters yeah. to wind down and, um, you know, go home and, and wish to the, the partner now wife about, yep. um, you know, whether it's worth it or not, but um, I'm glad we're stuck with it. 12 months later, 2012, round one, your debut, and it was against the enemy. It wasn't a win, but you got to debut for the Rabbits against the Chooks. Take us back to how that came about and what that moment meant to you? Um, yeah, well, I got, I got the nod from Madge. Um, had numerous chats and um, lengthy conversations with Madge about obviously there being a spot for me and um, whether I wanted it or not, I would have put my head down in pre-season and it doesn't matter what anyone said about you or your resume, it's, it's open book and it's yeah. anyone's job. So, um, look, he, he certainly made me a lot tougher than what I was. Um, you know, through that year in the pre-season and uh, I got a lot of credit to, to Frank to Madge for, um, for getting me where I was. Um, but yeah, obviously that day, um, well, I knew I was ready. I'd been waiting there for 12 months, uh, learning the game and studying the game um, through other halfbacks and, and trying to better myself, you know, not only on the field but off the field as well. And um, Yeah, it was a mix of emotions on the night. Obviously, very pleased and, and happy that I got to achieve my dream, but and um, came crashing down pretty quick when we <laughs> sort of got dusted on the bell there, and I was I was right in it. Um, unfortunately, missed the tackle on Minicello, which if I had my time now and had a bit more experience, I probably would have tackled him without the ball and, and sent it to overtime yeah. and gave the boys a chance. So, um, yeah, obviously there's there's things there that you wish you could change, but um, very grateful for the opportunity and um, lucky enough we got the return third later that year. You mentioned Madge, Michael Maguire. It was his first game too as coach of Souths. He's the one that gave you your dream. 
I've heard it said before, there's always a, a pretty special bond between a player and the coach who gives him his start. Is that true or is it not really significant? Um, yeah, in my case, it is. I've got a lot of respect for Madge and what he's done for me and my career. and um, Not only my career, but what he's done to South Sydney. Um, he came in and, and turned the whole joint on its head and yeah. basically instilled a, a level of professionalism that wasn't probably there at South years before. And, mm. Um, you know, got the club on the upwards and um, obviously success in 14. And um, yeah, I got a lot of praise of Madge. I, I highly rate him as a coach. And um, you know, the unfortunate terms of it happened um, yeah. with him leaving the club that, that ended on a sour note. As a first grader, my opinion was that you arrived immediately, your class was evident. Now, it's easy to say halfbacks are meant to own teams and run the team. Is it difficult for a 21-year-old to walk into a side full of men and own a footy side? Um, in my circumstance, probably not. Uh, yep. I had John Sutton, who was probably played around 100, 150 games by then. Um, look, Madge basically said to me it was my team and I needed to run it. And um, I had a pretty simple job in the start, though. I, I virtually make me tackles. Um, organise the boys around and make sure I get a good kick at the end of the set. I wasn't forced to do anything um, that I couldn't do. And, um, you know, I had Johnny Sutton there who was guiding me through um, better than anyone probably could have. You know, he's, he's well experienced. He reads the game probably better than most. He's, he's so smart and um, has a great understanding of the game. And not many people realise that. But, yeah, um, yeah he, he probably nursed me through the first oh, half of the year. Um, without me sort of knowing the game too much he mm. probably steered the, the ship a bit there and um, I learned a hell of a lot from him You're listening to Andy Raymond Unfiltered The Legend Series We have corporate and private sponsorship packages available You set the terms For further information on how you can become part of the team go to the website andyraymondunfiltered.com.au and hit the sponsorship tab is leading natural for you? I ask because not just on the field, but in life, some people just love that extra responsibility, that pressure or workload. Others just keen to cruise. It's not for everyone. Is it natural for you to lead on a footy field? Um, well, it's natural for me to talk on the footy field, obviously. Um, being a halfback is my job, and um, you got to earn that authority and, and guide the boys around. And saying that, I've I grew up a pretty shy kid. Um, I didn't really talk too much. I didn't like um, all the headlines or anything, and yeah. um, sort of shied away from conversation with people. And okay. I sort of learnt learnt that as time's gone on, and um, that's probably one thing. Again, I, I credit to Matt. He he brought me out of my shell and made sure that I was vocal and you know get amongst it and um, being active and involved as much as I could. And, um, I've just learnt to sort of, you know, voice my opinion now and obviously speak up when needed to be. And, um, yeah, it probably took a bit longer than, than expected and that I'd like, but, um, yeah, it's finally starting to come out. And, uh, yeah. depends what sort of leadership you talk about as well, Andy. I, I find, um, actions are, are stronger than words most times. Um, and my style of leadership would probably be a bit more through actions rather than words. Is there still a shy little boy inside at times? Uh, that, that boy's probably gone, Andy. Yeah, it's pretty hard to shut me up these days. It's, <laughs> um, 
once I got it out of me, mate, I couldn't put it back in. Um, no, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy it now. I found a love for it. And, yep. um, I think it's great to be involved and obviously amongst it, you know, as, as a young bloke, you, you sit back and just watch all the older boys voice their opinions and think, geez, I'd love to be like that one day. And yeah. um, you soon find the respect for when you do it, it, it becomes easier and you learn a hell of a lot more from voicing your opinion. You might not be right most of the time, but if you, you believe in yourself and you believe yep. in what you say, um, you know, others tend to follow. Mate, you walked into a, a very impressive team. Collectively, they were good. Individually, they were good. Was there anyone in those early days that you were in awe of? Um, probably Johnny Sutton. I was a bit, a bit afraid of it at first. Not afraid, but I was a bit timid of um, just because he was a big body, big dominant voice. Um, he is too. Yeah. And John Sutton is one of those guys that if you haven't been up close to him, you don't realise just how huge the unit is. He, he's a massive body and, um, you know, when he talks, everyone listens and that's yep. the thing that sort of timid me a bit because um, I thought I was right sometimes on the field and he'd say something else and I'd just nod my head and agree with him. Or, yeah. Um, whereas if these days, if he was my 5'8", I'd probably, you know, try and work with him and, um, word things a bit different, but yeah. Well, I, I learn a hell of a lot from him, and I use a bit of those traits today with with other players, and um, I try and be as open as I can with other players. But um, yeah, he, he was pretty timid to come in too, and um, yeah, I can just remember him being pretty dominant. Um, you know, not only on the field but off the field. He didn't really talk much in meetings, but when he did, certainly everyone shut up and and you know listened to him, and he got yeah. his point across. Yeah, certainly a guy that I've found has, has got a presence about him. Now, playing for the team you supported, playing for the team you loved, three seasons into your first grade career, you had the opportunity at a premiership. Some players don't ever get the chance. What do you remember most about 2014? Yeah, I, thought, I probably thought we were, we were more ready in 13, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Um, I thought that's one that we sort of we lost. Um, I remember having the opportunity against Manly in the qualifying final and we just couldn't nail it. And um, Coming into 2014, the, the pre-season, I could still feel the hurt um, you know, around the locker room and the desire to want to you know, achieve it and finally knock it on the head. And, yeah. um, you know, we started that year pretty well and um, we cruised along probably right up until the semi-finals where we were just getting through games comfortable and um, we found that the blueprint that worked for us and um, we sort of had this feeling towards the end of the year where we were just riding the wave and no matter what was in front of us, we are just going to, you know, knock out of the way and yeah. we are just going to get right through it. And That's exactly what happened, mate. I remember Ben Teo coming back from a lengthy suspension and just giving us a whole lot of energy and, um, you know, an outburst of emotion and, um, you know, not only that, but the ride and the emotion from the fans, they actually yep. believe that we could do it. And when you get all that right, you, you get the right the mix of emotion and all the drama that goes along with it. It's, yep. it's pretty hard to stop a team that's, um, you know, in that rhythm. And we, we definitely felt like we, we had that rhythm through the semi-final and obviously on grand final. What about the week leading into it? Is it uh, is it what you expected? Is it overwhelming? Is it is it tiring? Frustrating? Do you just want to get to the game? Um, oh, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. 
Um, yeah. I'd never, never been there before. Obviously, played in the 20s, but there was nothing like the build-up to the 20s. Yeah. Um, so I, I was looking forward to it. I always, as a kid, watched the grand final footy show and, um, you know, tried to picture myself being there on that night yep. and being involved in it. And um, But I, I'm still a fan of the game. I'm still a kid at heart that loves, you know, watching footy and seeing those big moments, yeah. whether it be in Origin and um, grand finals. I'm, I'm very much a kid in that arena and love seeing all the, the hype around the game. So um, I just thoroughly enjoyed the week. We, to be honest, we didn't train. Um, anywhere near we would for a week of footy we probably had one or two sessions but um, yeah we, we pretty, kept it pretty light hearted okay. um, I remember we could all be joking around on the, the <laughs> fan day I, I got one of the, the football manager Mark Ellison I got him when he was doing a, a big announcement with a footy I picked it from about 30 metres away and hit him straight in the head so that's a mood lightener straight away yeah he took it pretty well too Ello. he's a uh, he's a great character and um, I thought, mate, as soon as I hit him on the head, he was going to turn and give me a job for But there was probably 5,000 people there watching him, and um, I got away with that one. That's a beauty. So, uh, I love it. Yeah, you Griffin Air Conditioning offers the highest quality of air conditioning sales and service across the Sydney metropolitan area, providing installation and maintenance to commercial, domestic, and industrial customers. Working with this team, you'll be guaranteed the latest services, technology and developments in the industry. Visit griffinair.com.au and tell them we sent you for a cool deal. A night grand final. Others that I've spoken to over the years say it is the longest fucking day of your life. What did you, what did you do to fill in the hours? As little as possible. Um, yeah. I think every every night game is as long as the longest day ever. Yeah. Um, I, I still hate playing at seven thirty, eight o'clock at night on a weekly basis. It's um, something that I've had to learn of you know getting the day going. Uh, yeah. To, you know, get out there, have a bit of a walk, get back in the bed, have a bit of breakfast, sleep. Um, you know, watch a movie, have another sleep, and yeah. about two or three hours through that time just to try and kill time. And um, yeah, it's one of those things. Um, it's pretty hard to ignore, obviously, the build-up and whatnot. It's going through your head. and um, Yeah, I can't remember much about the day, but yep. um, from experience, obviously, night games, it, it does drag on and go for ages. What do you remember out about the game itself? Are there standout moments, or is it a blur to this day? Um, I only remember probably two or three moments through that game, wow. which, is, which is strange because I'm, I'm pretty good with remembering passing games. and Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's the amount of alcohol we consumed after it, but um, <laughs> lost a few brain cells that, that game. I remember hitting semi parrot high. Is that um, okay? So yeah. This allowed for our first try, which is a strange moment for me because I, I actually thought I hit the ball and slid up and then hit him. That was one moment. I remember the moment of, of scoring the try. Yeah, obviously. Um, obviously, kicking the ground that put us up by, I think it was 14. Yeah. Um, and I, I just remember running out, obviously, we came out first and the dogs didn't come out for a good five or six minutes after us. So I can remember just soaking it all in and, um, you know, getting a few kicks on the ground and obviously getting those nerves in before they got out there, which was probably a blessing in disguise for us because none of us had sort of been there besides probably GI and maybe Lee and a few others maybe, but um, it, it was near to all of us. So it was the unknown of us running out and obviously soaking in the atmosphere and, 
Um, yeah, for them not coming out for a couple of minutes, it's probably blessing us because we got all our nerves out of the way and um, yeah, then switched on the game mode from there. Mate, 12 months later, almost to the day, a rumour started somewhere and built momentum quickly because it's rugby league and that's exactly what happens in rugby league daily, that you wanted out of Souths and you may have been headed to the Gold Coast. It didn't happen. What do you recall of that? Um, I was playing golf that night and I remember getting about a thousand phone calls, which was which was odd. Um, and someone, one of my best mates rang me and said, mate, check Twitter because your name's all over Twitter and apparently either you're out or South is off here or I don't know what's going on but I remember just getting on the Twitter and seeing that there were a thousand comments just saying that I wanted out of South and yeah. um, I've asked for release or whatever it was and sort of jumped on the phone and quickly got moving and seeing what was going on and um, don't know exactly or to this day where the rumour comes from but um, but we never had any serious discussions or mm. I never even talked to the Titans so um, not the weather up there is beautiful and, <laughs> and all, all rosy but um, I'm a from Port Hart mate and um, yeah never, never crossed my mind about it It's a weird thing isn't it social media and, and you guys I guess are the first generation of athletes with social media around you but Many times it can, I'm not going to say ruin a, a player or a person or a club, but it can cause serious issues with something that is completely unfounded. Yeah, it can. And that's where, as athletes, we need to be smart. And, um, you know, at South, they do a fair job of, you know, teaching us the ins and outs about social media and what's yep. acceptable and what's not acceptable. And, um, you know, it's still hard to block out the people who get personal and, um, you know, have their attacks on you. And yeah. I think that's, it comes down to the person, the individual, on how they respond to it. And, yep. Um, I can see why the people do respond, um, you know, whether it be aimed at, you know, themselves or family members or yep. the team in general. But, um, you know, for myself, I like to block it out and, and not give them the time of day, just, you know, acknowledge them or anything. Just, you know, read it, let go, and uh, move on from it. Um, everyone's entitled to opinions at the end of the day, but when it gets personal, um, it kind of crosses the line a bit there. That's, that's the line, isn't it, mate? Yeah, I think that's the line, but um, as us weeks, mate, we, we've got to know that that's coming, and, and yep. that's, um, you know, people are going to try and bring us down and and have shots at us, and, and we've just got to be, you know, grown-ups and, and know to read it and, and move on if it's something that's, racialised or, you know, if they have personal impacts on us, they can also obviously speak to people at the club or at the NRL and yep. we can deal with it in better ways um, rather than getting ourselves in trouble. And I think the NRL and, and, and clubs, obviously, on ICF do it. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, they brief us on what's coming and how we can avoid it. Has that been difficult or easy to adjust to that? Because rightly or wrongly, whatever you do, wherever you go, whenever it is... There's very little privacy for an NRL player. Yeah, that's that's the frustrating part. Um, you know, we're human beings at the end of the day that are just doing something that that's our job or yep. that we love doing. Um, you know, numerous times where I've, I've taken the family out to dinner and, and whatnot and people have basically pushed the kids out of the way and the wife out of the way to get a photo. And You know, it's hard for 
no, it's not hard for me because I'm I'm briefed and I know how to deal with that stuff. But it's hard for and, a wife and kids. What do you what do you tell the kids? Yeah. You you're having a night out at a restaurant or at a park with them, and the cameras arrive. Well, what do you say to you? Got four under eleven, mate. Yeah, well, I try and go to places where I'm pretty comfortable with Sandy. Yeah. I, I don't venture too far out from home where, um, you know, I don't know or I'm uncertain with the, the area around me. Yeah. Um, you know, if I go to cafes, I. I know the cafe owner, or if I go to restaurants, I know the, the owners um, where I can sit there, and you know they've got a close eye on me as well, which is, which is obviously good. Yeah. Um, so I try and be smart with it that way. If you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Legend series, we'd love for you to go to Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening, and subscribe to the podcast and give us a five star rating and review. Best weekly review wins an unfiltered trucker's hat. I've seen Bobby you with Kelly. fans, and I think you're—I think you're wonderful with the fans. And I think, I think a, a credit to a lot of the guys. I think they're, um, yeah, the fans get a huge buzz out of meeting you guys. And I think ninety-five percent of the players do a wonderful job too. And I think that's our responsibility to to give back, you know, because we were fans once before, and yeah. um, you know, if there's a young kid there that. Um, you know, too shy to come up and ask for a photo or whatnot. I'll approach them and actually ask them if they want a photo. Or that's lovely. They're just looking to say hello. Um, yeah. Because I think I think we were, you know, we were once in their and we idolised players, and um, it's yeah. our duty of care to sort of give back and um, you know hopefully make them or make their day. You never know what someone's going through until yeah. you sort of ask a question. Mate, we've known each other and been mates for I guess nine or ten years. You're always smiling. You're engaging. You're polite, um, respectful, and positive. That's that's a lovely rap, I think, to say about anyone. But I actually believe um, it's the real you. Is is that a fair call? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, well, I, I've been brought up the right way. Uh, yeah. Mum and Dad have done a great job with me and brother. And, um, respect's the first thing that I'll show to any any person I meet. Um, it's good. It's good lasting effect that you want on someone. Um, well, you know, I don't want someone going off and talking bad about me to someone else and getting that name out there. Um, I want to be respectful. and I believe if you treat others with respect, respect you get it back. And um, At the end of the day, I, I just try and be, uh, you know, myself. And um, Even though I might be grumpy at times, uh, you still got to show that level of respect to others. Let's go back onto the field. Uh, bucket list moments. Was your state of origin debut one of them? Was game one twenty sixteen? Yeah, it was definitely a bucket list. Um, I was sort of getting sour with rugby league at that, that time in my career. I yeah. was going through a bit of a flat patch and um, just a week in, week out um, grind of things, and obviously not getting the results on the field. Um, I was sort of starting to you know turn away from the game a little bit and um, having doubts about it. But then obviously was lucky enough to get the call up from Laws. Uh, who I respect tremendously and um, yeah it made me fall in love with the game again I had such a great um, you know camp and got to spend some time with players that I've never played this before mm. and um, loved every bit of the, the arena um, they say everything what they say about it's true mate it's, it's fast it's physical yeah. it's tough um, there's no hiding on that field and um, yeah I loved every bit about it As blue number 260 you played two games what did you take from the experience? Did you did you come away a better player, better person? Uh, I came away tougher. Yeah, um, I came away 
a lot more knowledge about it. Came on, I, I certainly learned, learned a hell of a lot through them weeks. And um, yeah, I wish I, I could have played the third game. I got ruled out with injury. Yeah, uh, which was, wasn't ideal, but um, yeah, I'd love to get back there one day, mate. And um, obviously represent New South Wales once more. And um, whether or not I get the chance, I'll, I'll always strive to get back to that that standard. And um, you know, hopefully one day it pays off. I guess the eight years since you made your debut that the next generation has arrived with, I guess, Ash Taylor and, and Nathan Cleary, Tommy Dearden, amongst others. Has the halfback changed in, in your time or are, or are they just getting a little bigger, a little stronger and a little faster? Um, yeah, a bit of everything, I suppose. Um, you can say it's changed, but you look at blokes like Thurston and Cronk, um, you know, from Andrew John. Yeah, the way they read the game and, and apply themselves to teams, I think a lot of it has to do with certain structures in different teams. Yep. Um, when you think about it, um, there's, there's halves that play on both sides of the field. There's halves that play on one side of the field. Um, a lot has to do with structures, but obviously um, the younger boys that are coming through these days, I'm, I've been really impressed with. Obviously, Nathan Cleary over the, the time he's debuted to now, yep. he's, he's certainly grown, and um, you know he's made that Penrith team his own and. Yeah. Um, someone of late I've been really impressed with is Tommy Deard and I think he's got a bright future and got a lot of respect for him playing him you know on his debut I think it was his debut game how much he's grown since then to the other night when we played him down in Sydney um, he was you know had a hell of a game and got a lot of questions asked at the end of the game so I like that from a young bloke he's, he's willing to learn and um, that's nice you know he's got a big future ahead of him mate I'm going to toss a date at you and see if it rings a bell February 25, 2020. Anything? Uh, it's Cody Shield, isn't it? You were named as captain of your beloved South yeah. Sydney. I thought it was the first game as captain, so I was close. <laughs> Where does that rate? Um, yeah, it's up there. Yeah. It's, uh, I never thought it'd come. I I thoroughly believe that um, Sammy Burgess would be still playing for another three or four years and he'd be the captain. Um, throughout that time and obviously when you look to blokes like Cameron Murray uh, Campbell Graham who's been tremendous for us um, you know there's a host of boys there that are willing and deserving um, but obviously very grateful for the, the opportunity from Wayne um, you know, I didn't know too much about the role until I stepped into it and I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it I um, didn't know if I'd like it before becoming a captain mm. I thought it was a lot of pressure and responsibility and I didn't know if I wanted that, but since getting it, mate, I've, I've loved it and I only reckon I've, I've grown as a player in person since. Many say that is the test, whether you actually mature as a player, and, and I think you have. I, I think it, it suits you. But essentially, not a whole lot does change on the field? No, not a lot on the field. Um, as a halfback, you're pretty much a general anyway that yeah. gets out there. and um, If anything... Last year, Sammy was sort of looking a bit to his halves, you know, to calm him down. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just flipping a coin and, um, you know, doing a, a few things extra before the game or after the game. But, um, you know, when you're, you're out there playing, not much changes. Um, obviously, with the captain's challenge now, you've got to be a bit more active and involved. But you still look for others to help you out in that, in that area. And, um, yeah, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I know the answer is I only want to play ever with South Sydney. So in that regard, what does it mean or what would it mean to finish a one-club player? 
Yeah, it was a pretty rare thing to do these days. Yeah. Um, not cold enough. There's a lot of things I want to do, Andy, but uh, unfortunately time's, time's running out. So um, I'm almost up to 200 games. My goal would be to get to 300 games for Sitao. Yeah. Um, I'm only Sato's ever done it. So, um, That'd be something so special? Got, yeah, it would be, mate. I've, there's, there's a couple of goals there. South, obviously, the top point scorer. Uh, Eric Sims is, is the first grade point yep. scorer there. He's a couple hundred points to front, so that's obviously a goal. And um, look, I've still got one more year to go there, and, and hopefully um, we can work something out and, and come to an agreement and um, get another couple of years there. But um, look, not only the immediate future, but um, long term, I'd love to still be involved with the club, whether it be through coaching or um, development or something like that. Um, I've got a lot of love for the game, and um, yeah, I'd love to give back to the game once I'm done. From the shy kid to a wonderful communicator and also ambassador for South Sydney and Rugby League. For the rest of 2020 and your journey beyond, I wish you nothing but safety and success. Adam Reynolds, you, sir, are a legend. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Legend Series. Throughout the month of September, we're dropping a new episode every third day. Be sure to subscribe to the Andy Raymond Unfiltered podcast wherever you're listening. And to ensure you don't miss any news on what's coming up, follow one of our social media pages at The Andy Raymond. Come back soon, legends.